the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christmas is a tale of two mothers, not one. The first mother is the heavenly Jerusalem that gave us Jesus. The second mother is Mary, who received him as a gift from above, as the surrogate handmaid of the Lord and the heavenly Jerusalem. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled, A Tale of Two Mothers. Yesterday here on the broadcast, we brought you the first portion of this message. We will conclude a tale of two mothers here today. Remember that if you've missed any portion of this message, you can always go online to reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com to listen to this message in its entirety without interruption. Here's Pastor Mike. Now, while Mary was the mother of Jesus on earth, Mary never lived in heaven. And Mary never gave us Jesus from heaven's perspective. No, Mary doesn't work either. Mary received Jesus because another mother gave us Jesus for Mary to nurse at Christmas. You see, the story of Christmas is the tale of two mothers, not the tale of just one. Mary never touched the moon, and Mary never touched the sun, and Mary never wore a crown with 12 stars. There's a deeper truth here than Mary or the church or Israel. This woman goes further back and higher up. The mother here described is another mother. And it is the one that we belong to. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 4.26 identifies the woman here who our ancient mother is, the mother of us all. And what does the text say? But the Jerusalem above is what? Is free and she is our mother. That's who this woman is in Revelation 12. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. When Christ is born on earth and He dies... And then he's taken to heaven. When the dragon goes after that woman in Revelation 12, the church has become part of the heavenly Jerusalem because of the cross of Christ. It is only by our citizenship with heaven that the woman is the church in Revelation 12, 6. But before that happened, the woman is the heavenly Jerusalem that gave us Jesus. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave his what? His only son. God gave us Jesus, but God is not the only one who gave us Jesus. Before Jesus was here, friend, Jesus was there as the commander of the host of heaven. Christ was the prince of a pre-existent city. In Daniel 8.11, Jesus is called in the prophecies of Daniel 8, the prince of the host of the heavenly stars. That means he was the commander of the Lord's army, the prince of hosts. In Isaiah 4.6, that terminology is used to describe the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, Lord of hosts. Christ is Yahweh God, but He's also the Prince of the host of heaven. And that city that He ruled over, friend, is the old Jerusalem that gave us their commander, the pre-existent Christ, to save the world. 
Jesus is the gift of another mother other than Mary. In Revelation 12.1, the Bible says the heavenly Jerusalem cried out in pain for her delivery of the child. There was an uproar in heaven. There was a cosmic controversy that started. That's where sin broke out. And so the woman was crying out in pain of her delivery. It was hard for her to give us Jesus. Heaven was hurting hard because of the fall of Adam. This world had been severed from their heavenly associations. Adam found no place in the counsel of God. And so what would heaven do to save us? What would this preexistent realm do to bring us back to God? For God to love the world, friend, God must give His only begotten Son. For the heavenly Jerusalem to love like God loves, that ancient city that cherished their commander, that ancient city that cherished Him close to their heart, must surrender the heavenly prince to save the world. And so she cried out in pain to give us Jesus. It was not easy for heaven to relinquish its crown prince. And so both God and the heavenly Jerusalem, our ancient mother, gave him up so we could have their heavenly prince right here on earth at Christmas as our prince of peace. In the Old Testament, the preexistent Christ in the book of Isaiah was God's servant who came as a lamb to the slaughter in Isaiah 53. It's the title given for Jesus in Isaiah as he was the guardian protector of Israel in the ancient past. Isaiah 52.13, take your Bibles, let's look at it. Whenever you see the word behold, very often in the Bible it's about Jesus. Behold the man, behold the Lamb of God. Behold my servant, verse 13, will prosper He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. In Daniel 8, the Antichrist does exactly that same kind of thing. He copies the servant because he is not Christ. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. You keep reading, you come to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 had no form that we should desire him. All our griefs and sorrows He bore. In Isaiah 53, the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53, who considered He was cut out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of My people. The servant is Christ. Yet before He was Christ, He was called the servant. So who are God's servants in the Bible? I ask this question. Interact with the Bible. What is the Bible answer to that? Turn to Hebrews 1, verse 7. Here we have the answer. Hebrews 1, 7. Of the angels, He says who makes his angels winds. And what does the text say next? His servants flames of fire. So what form did Christ have before he was a human being? He was God's servant. In the Old Testament, he was the mighty angel of the Lord who is the Lord. He's not some created being. John Calvin was right in making the identification as institutes the Christian religion for the Reformation that Jesus Christ is the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. He did it by careful exegesis and analysis of the Old Testament. Friend, when the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fears them and delivers them, it's Christ who camps around your family and life and delivers you. Before Jesus was a human being, He took the form of an angel servant. He looked like an angel in the Old Testament even though He was eternal God inside of angel servant form. Christ has always been God's gift to the universe who appears as a fellow creature when he is really God inside of that creature form. Why did that happen? Because God can't reach creatures unless creatures can relate to God. And so Christ, from the dawn of time, took the form of a servant to reach the universe. Angels had a brother. 
that was really God, that went further back beyond the dawn of time, and they had to learn this. Jesus took the form of a servant. Philippians 2, verse 5. Take your Bibles and read with me. Have this mind among yourselves. Paul is writing, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was what? What does the text say in your Bible? Though he was, what does it say? In the form of God. Now, Christ started his journey as God. You know, this business that Christ is a created being is nonsense. He is God. He starts out as God. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He is not just God. He's equal to God. And so you cannot look at Christ and say, well, there's a created being. He doesn't really know what God's like. No. If you've seen Jesus, according to Jesus, you have seen the Father. He is equal to God. Christ started his journey in the beginning as God. But when the universe was created, he moved beyond the boundary of time and space into time-space, as Einstein called it, our universe. But before there was a universe to call home, he was with God, as God, and God was home for him. He is an eternal being. Before all time, the Bible indicates, and before the creation of all things, Christ held the form of God. Let there be no confusion here. Paul says he was equal to God when the journey started. But you see, when you look at the life of Christ, it starts at the dawn of the creation of the universe. The condescension of Christ is in play at every step in the history of the universe. He was equal to God at first, but he didn't hold on to God-like form for the good of the universe. He let it go. He took the form of a servant so he could reach the universe before this world was created, before the fall of man. Look at verse 7. He emptied himself taking the form of a servant. Now, Hebrews 1 says, the servants of God are flames of fire. They're as angels. He appeared as the Messiah cherub in Ezekiel 28. Mashiach Haruv. He was the Messiah guardian protector that stood at the right hand of God, even though he was God. So Lucifer had a brother who was there before Lucifer. Lucifer is Halal bin Shachar in Scripture. He is the bright and shiny one, the son of the dawn. He comes after the dawn of time in the universe, after the creation of time. Jesus in Revelation twenty-two sixteen is the bright and morning star. He precedes the dawn of time. Before there was time, there was Jesus. Hebrews 1, 2 tells us that Christ created the eons, the fabric of time itself. Before there was a was, there was Jesus, the bright and morning star in the darkness of preexistence. He was the light that created the universe, the Bible indicates. Jesus, who had the form of God, think about this, gave up the form of God to become the servant of Isaiah. His angels are servants. That's why Jesus is the prince of the host of heaven. He looked like them. You know, they pinched him. Wow, you look like you're an angel. But he was more than that. Inside of angel form was the second person of the Trinity, God himself, the Son of God. They are stars in the Bible, and so Christ is called the bright and morning star, the ultimate servant. The journey of Jesus continues in verse 7, from heaven to here, from angel servant form to human form. Paul continues, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Dear heart, Jesus began his journey in the form of God. And he gave it up to take the form of an angel servant to minister to the universe. But when Adam fell from God, the servant 
commander of the heavenly host, gave up the form of the angel servant to be found in human form, to die on the cross as the Son of Man, who was the Prince of the host. He is and He was and He will always be the eternal Son of God. But Christ represents the condescension and the humility of God. In Philippians 2, the Greek word kenosis is used. The emptying of God to save the human race. And so the heavenly mother of us all is that old ancient city of Jerusalem, the heavenly city. She gave us Jesus because that ancient civilization could not be true to Him without giving Him to us. Some people wonder, well, does heaven care about me? Heaven cares about you. Cares enough that it gave Jesus. Christmas is a tale of two mothers, not one. The first mother is the heavenly Jerusalem that gave us Jesus. The second mother is Mary, who received him as a gift from above, as the surrogate handmaid of the Lord and the heavenly Jerusalem. The humanity of Christ was genetically engineered from the DNA of a mother, from the line of David, but without the power of God, Christ would never have been human. The second Adam was in play. And unlike the heavenly Jerusalem, Mary was born to the sinful race right here on earth. She had all the problems we do. She struggled like we do. She was not clothed in the sun or moon. She was clothed in the garments of poverty. She had no crown on her head. And she wasn't a star in anyone's mind or crown. So why did heaven choose Mary to be the surrogate for the child that came from the heavenly Jerusalem, God's son? Friend, like Jesus, Mary was a servant. Not the servant, a servant. Not even as powerful a servant as the angels. A servant. And unlike Jesus, she never took the form of an angel, even though we would all agree that she was very angelic in her love for God. She was never a superstar. She was never anything more than a maid to most. Mary became the surrogate, as I said, for giving us Jesus. Heaven didn't force it on her. Heaven waited for her to make the choice to receive the gift of the prince inside of her to Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine, We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. Turn to Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was, what does the text say? It was Mary. The servant Gabriel was sent on the mission because the prince of the host, who was the servant commander for the universe, was found no more in heaven's courts. He had dematerialized from the realm of glory. He was not to be found there. Something had happened. The groan of the heavenly Jerusalem had gone throughout the universe. Where is our great and mighty commander? He is not to be found in heaven again. He had vanished and never appear again in angel servant form. 
as the angel of the Lord who is the Lord. Before Jesus was a human being, friend, he was first the divine guardian angel of God's presence that guarded Israel. How do I know that? John 1, he came to his own people. and His own people received him not. He was the protector of Israel in the Old Testament. And so Gabriel came instead of him because he had vanished from heaven's homeland to be seen no more like he was before. Look at verse 28. And he, Gabriel, came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. This was very heavy stuff for a little girl. Imagine meeting a tall angel. It's glowing. And if you touch it, you might get burned. I mean, they're flaming fire, according to Hebrews 1. She didn't know what to do. She was overwhelmed by the vision of glory. What do I do? I'm just a little girl from Nazareth. I don't have a clue what's going on here. Why is he coming here? Look at verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And I like that. Grace is the Greek. You found grace, favor with God. You realize that most of the Pauline epistles, they start with this, grace and peace from God our Father. You have found that, Mary. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And I like what happens next in verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him what? The throne of his, how does the text read? His father, what? David. Let's think about that. The genealogies of both Matthew and Luke trace the origins of Joseph back to David, if you read them. But Mary is not Joseph. So what right does Jesus have based on the genealogy of Joseph to be called the son of David? So how can that happen? You see, the angel left no doubt here. She didn't need a genealogical study. The angel made it utterly clear that Jesus is the son of David by Mary. That means Mary is more than just a little maid hanging out in Nazareth. Mary is of royal line too. She is a princess who will bear the son of David without a father on earth to contribute to his human DNA. And she is in a profound sense the daughter of David. We don't emphasize this at Christmas. We don't realize that the angel left no doubt that she has that connection to David. Jesus was bioengineered from the seed of David that was inside of Mary. Now the servant of the Lord to the remnant church affirms what I just told you, that both Mary and Joseph were of the line of David. And it goes on, and his testimony is here described in verse 33. Look at Luke 1.33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. There's a little scientist in all of us, you know, inquiry minds want to know why. So Mary asked this deep scientific questions. How on earth is that going to happen? Luke 134, Mary said to the angel, how shall this be since I have no husband? That's pretty good sense. That's common sense. Gabriel, you've come in, you scared me to death now. You know, I'm looking at you, you're tall and you're imposing and you stand in the presence of God. Well, I'm standing here I'm sitting on my bed, really, because I'm blown away by you. Gabriel, who are you trying to kid? How do you think that can happen? How do you do this kind of thing without a dad on earth or a husband in my life? How on earth can this thing happen to me? And Gabriel answered Mary, and his answer to Mary is not born of earth. Luke 1.35, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then notice the word therefore. 
As soon as you have the Holy Spirit and the power of God, you can forget about scientific rationality. God does what He wants to do. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Just like creation, when there was darkness over the deep and the Spirit hovered over the dark waters of the deep, the Spirit of God, Mary, will overshadow you and in the darkness of your womb, God will become a baby inside of you. Genesis is on the march, Mary. What happened at the dawn of time is going to happen inside of you. God will banish the old age of darkness. There is a new creation and it starts in you, Mary. The servant of the Lord will become a human being. The prince of the host of heaven will become the prince of peace. The son of David, not just the prince of heaven, the prince of earth too. Heaven and earth will unite. The mystery of God will unite. The unfallen universe with the fallen world you live in. And the same power that made the world will make a baby for you in you that is part of you. And holy God too, bow down and realize that God's power will overshadow you. Verse 36. And behold... Here's a little evidence. Your kinsman Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, and I like this verse. You can underline this verse when you're having tough times. My wife has this verse hung up in our bedroom. For with God, what? Nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. She didn't give some long explanation. She didn't analyze the answer. She didn't sit there and say, well, I'm not sure your words are literally true or not. Do they have some deeper symbolic meaning? None of that. Mary said, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel didn't talk a lot after that. He just left. And it says the angel departed from her. Boom, gone. That's all he wanted. When Mary said, I will, that is when God did for her. And you know, friend, when you say, I will to God and stop telling God what he has to do in your life, when you surrender to God and you allow God to start working your life, he will work for you and your family. Quit making God. Surrender to your will. Mary said, I will. And so what did God do? He did the impossible for Mary. God was found inside her because she was the handmaid of the Lord. Christmas is a tale of two mothers who worked together to give us Jesus. The heavenly Jerusalem who gave us the servant, the prince of the host. She is the first mother and the mother of us all, Paul says, our heavenly mother, Galatians 4.26. And Mary is the second mother who was the surrogate mother who took Jesus in for Christmas and let him grow inside of her to take the form of a man, to merge her own DNA with that heavenly being who is God to save us on the cross as a man, not just as a mighty commander of heaven. And she did so knowing that she needed a Savior too. So that first Christmas when Jesus was born, three natures were blended into one and the two were hidden deep within the form of a baby that was human. Jesus first started his journey in the form of God as one who was equal to God. He is still equal to God. Jesus emptied himself of the powers and prerogatives of the divine nature in many ways so he could reach his creation. But still God is one. Here is where the Lord our God is one. And so God became a baby in Mary. Jesus took the form of a servant angel in the Old Testament, his second condescension, until that form wouldn't work anymore to reach fallen man or unfallen angels. It was now obsolete. It was no longer good enough to reveal who God is. And so he divested himself of that and it was squeezed into another nature. 
The angel of God's presence, who is God in angel form, became a baby now in human form. And the human form of Christ becomes the ark of the covenant, the case that holds the goodness of God that made that long journey before the dawn of time to Bethlehem's manger. His wings were clipped. His form shrank down into the depths of Mary's womb, never to appear again in angel form in heaven or earth. The mighty commander of the Lord's host, as he looked like before, is gone forever. But most important to us at Christmas, the servant angel, who was God in angel form, finally took the form of a human being like us, to live like us, to love us, to identify with us, and at last to die for us, to save us from our sins. Friend, Christmas is the tale of two mothers who agreed with God to give us Jesus. Jesus is the gift who came to us from another mother. And let us never forget that we are citizens of the heavenly Jerusalem, connected to God's eternal covenant, His moral law, that is the chart of the universe, because Jesus has made it so as the peace child. That will conclude today's Reaching Your Heart, a tale of two mothers. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com along with many other messages. They're available for you. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.